Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, it turns out the S in NCS stands for Scramble and not Switch. We're a Muso game! It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including the announcement of Persona 5 Scramble and the Nintendo Investors Meeting. And then on Thursday, we're going to be discussing our favorite third-party games on the Nintendo Switch. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm feeling loose and limber, ready to go wherever this episode takes us. Lucy and Goosey? <laughs> Both. Um, so I know what a juicy Lucy is. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, a hamburger? It's like a loose meat hamburger, right? Oh. (laughs) Wait, why do you say, oh? Um, I, well, because I guess, like, now the name makes sense. Because it's juicy. How is it not a sloppy Joe, I guess, is my question. Uh, okay, you're throwing a lot of words at me that I know and I'm, like, familiar with, but not necessarily in, like, the context of them having meaning. <laughs> so, like... So, wait, you don't even know what a sloppy Joe is? No, 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 I know what a sloppy Joe all right, is. All right, all right, all right. But I've never thought of it as being, like, named because its components are... Sl- I mean, are sloppy? Yes, but, like, yes, okay, you did. Fine, yeah, fine, you fine, did, fine, you fine, know fine. that. Fine. That one I already knew, that one I already knew. But, like, uh, right. a Juicy Lucy, what is loose meat? <laughs> that doesn't sound like... Loose meat sinks sheeps. <laughs> Moses supposes his toeses are roses. Why would Moses suppose... Is this supposed to be, like, that they smell like roses? Ah, yes. That... I would imagine that is true. We're discovering all sorts of true things today. Uh, if you would like to discover other true things, you know what video game has a lot of truth in it? Sonic Forces. You can borrow my copy for the Nintendo Switch. All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Uh, and then I, uh, I mail it to you and you get to play it for as long as you want. It's as easy as that? It's super easy. Okay, I'm a little thrown off because I totally thought you were setting up the second thing we're about to plug. Oh, about you're looking for truth. Oh, sure. I mean, we all want some truth, right? We're looking for truth. Here's a way that you can do it. Ask us questions. <laughs> and we will tell you no lies. Yes. Uh, we may lie during our 250th episode spectacular. But you won't know. You will never know. You can email us any of your questions at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Um, and we are gonna do, we're doing this next week. That's right. So you please. Please. I was gonna say I was gonna say you better get your questions in, but that's the wrong way to approach this. Please get your questions in mm-hmm. by May fifth, Cinco de Mayo. That's this Sunday. Get them in as soon as you can, and that way we can record them for our two hundred and fiftieth ish ish episode. Episode spectacular. That's right. Uh, and thank you already to James and Jason and Josh and Brad and Stephen and Dustin who have already sent in questions, along with everyone else that we've previously thanked for sending in questions. It has been a great response. I like seeing all the questions that we have gotten so far. Um, but, you know, I think, I think now is when we need to start courting, like, some weird questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that the questions that have been asked so far are, like, too vanilla. I am not saying that. But if anyone wanted to get crazy. Yeah, not lewd. Not lewd. That's not this kind of show. It's not what we do. <laughs> um, 
write into us. Uh, and speaking of people who write into us, um, a, a week ago, two weeks ago, uh, we joked about having a bingo board. Oh, uh huh. For uh, for our show, there are thir- certain things that happen on this show every week. There are certain things that happen on the show, despite our best efforts. Uh, well, some of them are because of our best efforts. Oh, okay. Uh, so, uh, James, That's pleasant. James, and <laughs> yeah, it is kind of. Uh, James sent us a a copy of a Nintendo Cartridge Society bingo board. That's amazing. Um, uh, and uh, I'm just gonna read off some some highlights from mm-hmm. it. I will share this on our um, uh, Twitter and, and Facebook. Uh, but so some highlights here. Um, most of the Nintendo consoles make an appearance: Nintendo 64, NES, what have you. Um, weather is one of them. Oh, okay. Uh, eight o'clock. Let's get to the news. Now, this is one, let's get to the news. I feel like that's just my always transition into the news, unless I forget to do it. Yeah, but I mean, a bingo card needs that that's sort true. of thing. That's some, true. Some, some obvious ones. Uh, let's get out of the news is another one. Um, uh, Game Boy, Olivia Duncan, Amiibo, which we don't talk about every week, but we do talk about a lot. Um, I guess we'll never know. Reggie, Tetris 99, Improv, <laughs> at gmail.com. Sorry. At gmail.com. gmail.com. Uh, and Sonic Forces. It, amongst others. There are a bunch of uh, other spots on here. We will be sharing it. So you can play uh, you, you can play at home. That's awesome. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. I would recommend not turning this into a drinking game. Because we do all these things a lot. Yeah. Um, and then uh, wh- one other thing is that we've got uh, an email from Lizzie. Uh, thank you, Lizzie. We're going to fold this in as, as part of a, a debug, but I'm not sure it actually uh, qualifies as, as debug. Well, and also, like, debugs hurt when it's you and I calling ourselves out. But when a listener r- writes in, yeah, then it just feels correct. It's like truth. You know, it's like Moses coming down from the mountain with the tablets. It's like, And ah. supposing his toes are roses? Whoop dee doo dee doo dee. Okay, so uh, Lizzie says I have some questions for you two, but firstly, I wanted a quick point of order. The gyroscope is used in many Switch games. The gyroscope in the actual Switch itself is used in many Switch games, including Breath of the Wild and Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, in course. Breath of the Wild, you can use it to aim your arrows as well as control the Sheikah Slate when it's in scope when it's in the scope mode. Um, in Super Mario Odyssey, you can use it to look around and possess those little green telescope things, and you also use it to aim your gun in Splatoon 2. Wait a second. I always assumed that that was the Joy-Cons. I think... I, so, I think you're right. Okay. Because uh, you can... Rem- so, yes. I, don't, I, don't have yes. a, I don't have a Pro Controller, so I always use my Joy-Cons to control every game. And so, I remove the Joy-Con from the system, slide it into the Joy-Con holder, and that's how you control the gyroscope stuff. Uh, yeah, when, in, when, in the little uh, what is the thing even called? The Joy-Con grip. Yes, the Joy-Con. Yeah, Joy-Con that, that, grip. So that's how you like use the gyroscope for Splatoon two, or um, any of those Mario Yeah, and so I think the reason it works in those games in handheld mode is because the Joy-Con are attached, not because of the Switch itself. It still doesn't answer how, if there is no gyroscope in the Switch itself, that the VR works. Yeah, when the Joy-Cons are Mystery's removed. Mystery's still not 100% solved. Which is part of the reason I wanted to bring <laughs> this email up, is that we st- we still don't know. Like, we'll, we'll, we won't get to the bottom of it. I was about to say <laughs> we won't get to the bottom not. of this. But well, we I mean, not. maybe somebody else who does know will write in. <laughs> but we're not going to, like, look it up. No, no, no. No. Actually, maybe I will. But I won't tell you until next week. Right, and then you'll just present it as new News. information. Uh-huh, right? Absolutely, right. uh, and not you doing homework that <laughs> that you assigned yourself on air. <laughs> All right, let's get into what we've been playing this week. 
now I think we've both been playing Box Boy plus Box Girl. It's so good. It's so charming. I really like this game. I've uh, played, I think, two previous Box Boy games and was excited about this game coming out. And uh, I I love it just as much as I expected to. Me too. I previously picked up Bye Bye Box Boy, which mm-hmm. was the one for the the last one for the 3DS. Um, I have been playing it on my TV, which I've liked a lot. Yes. Because I'm old and my eyes hurt when I'm, like, all day I stare at screens. For work, I just stare at screens all right. day that are, like, six inches away from my face. Because mm-hmm. I'm, like, a cartoon character. So it's nice to have it up on the TV and, like, far away. So I'm really enjoying this viewing, this playing experience versus the 3DS one. I liked the 3DS game, but I'm really, like, digging into yeah. Box Boy and Box Girl in a way that I didn't with Bye Bye Box Boy. Well, and there's also something, I mean especially with a uh, like a, a puzzle game like this where like I will be playing and then sometimes I just need to like stare at the screen for a second and I'll just put the controller down mm-hmm. and I'll just l- look at it uh, and I'm looking at my TV which is a different experience than when you're holding a 3DS and you know it has like a, a certain battery life um, and you're like oh no I'm kind of like wasting its battery life uh, you know like everything about having it on the TV just feels more relaxed and kind of more tuned into what i think the pace of that game should be um so yeah i i think it's uh like a perfect candidate for a both a console game and one that you're playing in tv mode i also think it and this may be a dumb thing to say about a game that's like graphical style is so minimalist um but it looks so great Mm -hmm. uh, on on the tv like having all all of those uh shapes and like the little hints of color in like high definition really feels I don't know. It, it feels like a, a neat, immersive art experience. One really tiny, tiny critique. Oh, is oh, tiny critique. There's like a part uh, at the very beginning. You like complete the puzzle, and then you go to wherever you are, where like all the doors to the different mm-hmm. worlds are located, and you see like families of box people like running around. Yeah, just let there be two boy boxes together. Or oh. two girl boxes together. Yeah, totally. Or, tell you what, let's just get rid of the concept of gender in boxes. Although, I guess the name of the series is Box Boy, so <laughs> they've painted themselves into a corner here. <laughs> but that would be a compelling iteration for a Switch sequel. Box non-binary? Exactly. I'd buy it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but yeah, come on. It's 2019. <laughs> it's fine. They're boxes. Yeah. Nobody's going to be mad. People love other kinds of boxes now. Did I tell you about the time that I was uh, at the uh, a coffee shop at LA a coffee shop? What am I saying? It was the uh, La Brea Bakery at LAX. Um, <laughs> it's and a coffee shop of a kind. It's a, it's a coffee shop of a kind. Calling it a coffee shop feels weird. Like airport pit stop. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah. Um, and I was in line behind a woman who was trying to order a latte with um, like almond milk. Um, and the dude behind the counter was just like, "We have you know regulars or non-fat." Um, and she says, "You need to get with the times." People drink other kinds of milk now. <laughs> like he had any control over it. <laughs> like he was the one making the milk decisions. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously not the case. And he didn't need to be shouted at. So, <laughs> But this people drink other kinds of milk now has lodged itself in my brain. And I will never forget it. <laughs> I think a week ago or two weeks ago, I talked about um, my husband watching me play tetris 99 yeah and then just being like i i think i could do that ladies and gentlemen he did yay he, he finally made the plunge i was playing last week and he was uh like lying on the bed 
watching a show on his iPad. And, but he was like lying on his side and just watching me play Tetris and not really paying attention to the TV. And it was one of those things where uh, you could just tell he was interested, but he just needed somebody to like give him the nudge. Right. Was so it was, one of those things where like you could feel like the little changes in like his muscles as like he saw you do something that he wouldn't do? Exactly. And he was yeah. like making comments, you know, um, and he was like watching really closely. I was like, do you want to try? You know, he did like, no, no, I don't want. And then, okay, fine. I'll do it once. And then uh, it was just really fun to watch somebody discover Tetris who had never played Tetris before in their life. So and just like the simple joys of like playing Tetris and, yeah. you know, getting a Tetris or making the lines disappear. Uh, it's kind of a brutal first Tetris experience. Oh, totally. <laughs> because you have 98 other people just gunning for you. <laughs> But he liked it. Well, good, good. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, I'm, I'm glad that he has he gone back to it since, or was it uh, a, a one time, one night? Uh, I think if I booted it up for him, mm-hmm. then he would play. But it's, it's just so out of his routine. Like, yeah, I, sure. I don't even think it's something that he considers. Yeah. Um. I also, I've also been playing Tetris 99 because I will never stop. Um. I that that game right now reads uh 85 hours or more played on it. So. I don't, it's, uh, it's going to be in my top games played on Switch. It may be my game of the generation. I don't know. It's so good. Um, but I picked up uh, Dragalia Lost again uh, th- this week to play the Fire Emblem. There's a Fire Emblem crossover event. Um, and, you know, it is uh, very much a nonsense Fire Emblem story that involves Marth and some other Fire Emblem characters. Uh, getting ripped into the world of Dragalia Lost. Are they all cute, like chibi versions? They are, but they're not. They're not quite as chibi as they are in Fire Emblem Heroes. Um, so they look more like the Dragalia Lost characters. Um, but it's not kind of all the way into like hyper chibiness. Um, and uh, you know it because Dragalia Lost is what it is. It runs on its own system of uh like collectibles and its own like tokens. So you need to earn a certain number of Fire Emblem tokens. To like buy your way into the next, uh, um, uh, the next like story beats and the next uh, like actual action missions, um, but it's uh, I for- I had forgotten that that game is totally enjoyable. Um, if just too chatty, um, like the characters talk too much and that, like in the story sections, I don't. There's so much writing in that game that f- uh feels like it doesn't need to be there. Um, that characters are speaking just for the purpose of saying something and not actually to express something about the characters or about like the plot um so you know that's just regular dragalia lost complaint um but otherwise it's fun to see um some fire emblem characters in there and uh i have only thus far battled them it is my understanding that at some point they will also be mine um which is the reason that i did this is that i want to i want to get some fire emblem characters in my dragalia lost party so is the crossover kind of its own thing? Like, if you haven't played before, if you played a little bit, but you, uh, it's but you've been doing the main story, can you jump right into the Fire Emblem stuff? You can. So, uh, it there there are a, a couple of these that Dragalia Lost has done where it's like a, a separate event. Um, so instead of just like clicking on or tapping on, you know, like the regular story to you know, continue the game, um, you go into the event, and there are like the story mode chapters and some of the story mode chapters have set stats. Um, so like it just sets the stats of your characters at like a fixed uh, thing so that like you're kind of just playing it for the experience of that. Um, and so it like sets the difficulty exactly where it wants it to. 
Um, and then there are always uh, th three different levels of um, like side stories that you can play that you can choose from. Um, so like right now I can go into either like the easy ones or the medium ones, but the I could go into the more difficult ones if I wanted to, but I'd probably be beat. Um, so it's I mean it, it's interesting that you know they have uh, they have all these different like options of ways for you to engage with Fire Emblem uh, content, um, and that presumably that's what all of these like events are. Um, I just, you know, since uh, you and I played the week and a half or so after it came out, um, it's uh, like I haven't really gone back to it, partially because, you know, it needs to connect and download and stuff all, all, all the time. Um, but like, it's a fun little time waster. I, I, I do like that game. Yeah, I liked it a lot when I played. This sounds interesting. I may check it out. Yeah, check it out. See if you can get some Fire Emblem characters in your party. All right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Today, April 30th, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age is released for Switch. Uh, amazing. Is this uh, on your list of Final Fantasy games to play again at some point? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Of like the modern Final Fantasy games, um, meaning... Probably starting with twelve, right? 12, well, 13, 15? So I haven't played 15. Mm. And I guess I was going to say like of... There's really only 10 and 12. In like the PS2 era, yes. But I like twelve. Yeah, I li I like twelve, and I assume that the Zodiac Age is like a good quality of life upgrade. Yeah, I yeah, and I wonder if there are like a bunch of uh, other quality of life. I didn't I didn't look into um what they changed in like the ten and ten two um uh, HD remasters. Like I don't know if they added the same like speed up or like max level things that they did to seven and nine. Um, but uh yeah, we'll. we'll We'll have to look into, the, into that and see uh, what additions have been made to Final Fantasy XII. Also today, Starlink Battle for Atlas has a Crimson Moon DLC, which in, is, I think Crimson Moon goes out on all the platforms. Yes, But right. the Switch version, of course, includes Star Fox DLC. Uh, which is the reason to play uh, Starlink anyway. I mean, it's a fine game, but also it has Star Fox stuff in it. Now it'll have more Star Fox stuff in it. And that's pretty much it. For me, for this week, was there anything else on the list that was of interest to you? Uh, sort of ditto. Uh, Mormo's Curse is coming out on uh, May second, which I believe is Thursday. Um, and then yeah, some other stuff that I don't really. Uh, hey, we don't always have to care about the new releases, right? It's fine not to. <laughs> it's so fine. That's exactly what we're gonna do. All right, Mark, let's get out of the new releases. And now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, Mark, you have requested today that we talk about impressions. That's right. Uh, you... Yeah, go. Well, uh, well, I was just going to ask, like... I feel like we've known each other for a number of years now. Yeah. But if somebody was like, can Patrick do like voice impressions? Yeah. I don't know that I have an answer to that. I you think my answer would be, I don't know. Well, I, well, and similarly, I don't know if, if you have, cause I don't, I don't, I don't think either of us really go for voices. No. And we have seen each other perform a lot. Yeah. 
some could argue that what the show is is us performing at each other. <laughs> um, but like we've seen each other on stage, we've been on stage together before, mm-hmm. and both of us sort of uh, just go to playing the character of of ourselves. Absolutely. Um, so you know, and and even if we are going to play some, if we're if one of us is going to play a woman or something, we'll just play them as will sound like ourselves, uh-huh. you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't really think that I... There are voices that I like to imitate sometimes, but I feel like that's just like a like an at-home. It's not like an impression uh-huh. that, I, that I do. Well, what, what's an example of a voice you'd like to imitate? Uh, I don't know. This if is, you had to do an if impression... If I had to do if an you impression... Had to do somebody, yeah, what would you do? See... I feel like there's no good way out of this because no matter what I say, uh-huh. the next thing will be do it, do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't know that. Like there was, there was a time in my life when I felt like, and I feel like this is maybe just a, a, a guy thing that I had a pretty good Gollum impression. Oh, uh huh. <laughs> um, which I feel like just all men have one, right? <laughs> um, I don't know. What, what about you? Well, I mean, first of all, do, do Gollum. No. <laughs> But uh, no, I, I already said I knew this was going to be a trap. <laughs> it's not really a trap. It's if a you little knew bit you of a were trap. doing it. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really do like accents or anything. Um, if like gun to my head, I I would be like, well, I can kind of do Kermit the Frog, kind of. Let's mm-hmm. see. Let's 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 try for. Oh, can you, you do Chewbacca? Can you do Chewbacca? Uh, I can. It sounds like Goat Boy. Try, try. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's better than I. I don't think. I, let's see if I can do a Chewbacca. Do a Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Now let's do Kermit's. Okay. All right. Just a second. Uh, you have Wait. to like. I have to like position my like throat right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me try. Let me try. No laughing. Let me try. Heidi ho. <laughs> There have I told you about this uh, that Sarah and I went through a phase where we really liked singing songs from Les Mis as Kermit the Frog. Oh, is that because you saw the movie musical? Of and, course. Uh, and Eddie what, Redmayne looks, looks like, like Kermit, Kermit the Frog. The Frog. <laughs> yeah. Empty chairs and empty tables. That's so good. That's perfect. Oh my friends, my friends. <laughs> that one's pretty good. Thank you. I feel like uh Stitch from like Lilo and Stitch. That's close to the Gollum back voice there. too. Oh, see, and I kind of I feel like it's like back there with um, the way I have to like position my jaw for uh, to try to do Kermit. Okay, it's like, uh, hello, I'm gonna try. Yeah, no, go la- no laughing, no laughing. <clears throat> Stitch. That's pretty good. Was that pretty good? I um, don't know if I can do more. Hold on, just a second. Yeah. Oh, Hannah. <laughs> Okay, so that one's harder. That 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 one is a lot harder. Um, there are some uh like lines that I like to do the impression. Uh, like I like to say the line, but I like to do the impression of the character saying the line. Yeah. Um, like uh, the um from Mad Men, the Don Draper. Um, that's what the money was for. Oh yeah, that's good. Or, See, or uh, when um uh when Ginsburg is like, I feel sorry for you, and he goes, I don't think about you at all. <laughs> That's good because it's all about like intonation. Yeah. Um, like, attitude. Yeah. Uh, what about like, I'm trying to think, Yoda. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, it, that's like a real back of it. But I didn't say anything. I just laughed. Right. I mean, but, but that's like enough sometimes. Yeah, that's true. To get by. But what about accents? Can you do accents? Nope. Oh, I guess we'll, <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, let's, let's, uh, get, it. 
let's close out. <laughs> oh, jeez. Mm. I'm all turned around. Let's get into the news. After months of anticipation, we finally learned what Persona 5S is. Uh, and it's not a port of the Atlas RPG for the Nintendo Switch. What? Instead, it's a Musou game. That means it's a Warriors game. Exactly. A Dynasty Warriors. A Hyrule Warriors. A, a Fire Emblem Warriors. Yes, and now a Persona Warriors, as it were. Uh, it's a Musou game featuring characters and locations from Persona 5. The game is called Persona 5 Scramble, the Phantom Strikers. And it will be coming to Switch and PlayStation 4. Um, okay, so first, uh-huh. are you disappointed? Yeah, I'm just I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm, I I'm a little disappointed here too. I was I think it'd be if I wanted to play Persona Five. That's how you would. Play that's it. how I would play it. Yeah, um, and also if I were to play a, a Muso game, this would be like the third or fourth one, <laughs> right? Right. Um, like I a, mean, on Switch alone. Y- yes. So. I mean, it's 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 kind of a, a a bummer of an of an announcement. But I mean, if uh, there are people, first of all, there are people who are excited about Musou games, mm-hmm. um, and people who love uh, Persona Five and just want more of it in mm-hmm. whatever form they can. This is that for them. So that's nice. Sure. Um, does this end rumors of PS of I was gonna say PS Five, but Persona Five on Switch? I think it. If it doesn't end them, it's certainly. Uh, like tamps it down. I yes, I think so. Uh, I mean, especially because the the last two things that were like Persona Five related, Persona Five R and Persona Five S, were revealed to be, you know, the Persona Five R is like another Persona Five role playing game, just on Sony stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and then like S is a different style of game that comes to multiple platforms. I think that's just like here's the pattern: the Persona Five role playing games come to Sony. Yeah, I, I do. You think that that is a, uh, like a contractual thing? I think it must be because that's actually true. Of there have only been Persona games, or the the mainline Persona games have only come to uh, PlayStation platform. And if you're Atlas at this point with as well as the Switch is selling worldwide, but especially Japan, like, yeah, you, you would have made want it ha- to. Yeah, you would have made it happen already. And if not if Persona 5, you'd want to put, like, Persona 4 Golden or... Or even Persona 3 uh, that, like, or whatever the, uh, like, beefed up version of that is, mm-hmm. is called. Um, yeah, it, it seems like they, they would have already made their way over um, and the fact that they haven't I don't know. It, it kind of says to me that those are locked on Sony platforms. And also for me personally, like the fact that it's a Muso game of all potential spinoffs. Yeah. This is like pr- maybe the one that I would be least interested in. You know, if they're be- be- between like a rhythm game mm-hmm. or a fighting game yeah. or a Muso game. Like, I know I'm not picking up the Muso game. Right. Yeah. That. That is absolutely true, and also like especially if you haven't played the game yet, like what would what would be the, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Nintendo had their financial year-end investors meeting last week. Uh, this is it's a meeting intended for investors, so usually don't get a ton of like game announcements or news out so of it. So let's dig into it. <laughs> but you know what? Here's some highlights. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online now has nearly 10 million subscribers, 
and about 2.8 million of them have played Tetris 99. I'm not going to lie. That feels low to me. Uh, it feels low to me, too. But that's also... The, the game's only been out for not that long. Uh, and the fact that uh, like 3 million people have played it is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sales from digital software are up about 100% from last year, which was about 100% above the previous year. So Nintendo's digital sales have skyrocketed in the past two years. Yeah, which, uh, you know, I guess um, with Switch Online uh, being a, a part of that, uh, it, it seems like they, Nintendo has to, one of the things that I say all the time on the show is that Nintendo is not a uh, technology company. They're like an entertainment company. They, they make games. They don't make the technology that like, you know, they're not Sony. They're it's not, not their strong suit. Um, but they're seeing so much evidence of uh, their money coming in from solely digital products. I wonder if that starts to make them like look at what the business is any differently. Um, yeah, that's that that that's it. It's just it's just so much of the revenue has been coming from the all digital side. Yeah, I mean they are still far 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 behind, like the amount of digital revenue that Sony brings in from PlayStation Four. Sure. Um, but also, I think... I mean, there are 100 uh, million uh, PlayStation 4s out there in the wild right now. No, so. that's true. But even just like as a percentage of sales. Sure. Uh, and I think some of that is because Nintendo does a lot of business in Japan where digital sales are just in general lower than in the West. But I also think it's just because Nintendo is so, so far behind mm-hmm. in doing um, the kind of online promotion and making it easy to buy games on the eShop you know, I mean, it was only the last generation that you were able to get every digital release, or, you know, every release of a Nintendo yeah, totally. first-party game as, like, a digital release on day one. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go, because Nintendo is definitely not... They're, like, beginning to tip, dip their toes into this idea of, like, a Nintendo version of games as a service. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves. Yeah, it will be. Uh, Nintendo president Shintaro Furukawa shared an interesting slide that showed the most common first games played on a new Switch console, um, thus implying which games were driving hardware sales. Makes sense. 26% was Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Which, crazy, by the way. that uh, More than a quarter. Yeah, nuts. 16% Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Good choice. 13% Pokemon Let's Go. 11% Zelda Breath of the Wild. 8% Super Mario Odyssey. 6% 6% Super Mario Party, and 5% New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. Is it weird that people were picking up super... More people were getting Super Mario Party than were getting New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe as their first game? I, d- I don't think necessarily because Super Mario Party came out before Christmas. That's true. And uh, and just, like, had a longer sales yeah. period. Sure, and it's only 1% different. Six to m- to me, I think the one that stands out as the most remarkable is how much Zelda Breath of the Wild has be- kind of become the mascot game yeah. for the Nintendo Switch. Um, that game blew up. Like, I don't know Zelda game since Ocarina of Time. Yeah, totally. Has blown up or, like, taken over, like, the cultural mindshare for so long that even, like, it is seemingly selling better than Super Mario Odyssey yeah. at this point in both their lives, which just seems totally bonkers to me. But awesome, because I love that game. Yeah, me too. Um, and I, I, I do also think it is remarkable how high the percentage is on Super, uh, Smash Brothers. 
um, Ultimate. Like, I, I know that people love Smash and, like, that they were holding out until, like, well, I, I can wait to get a Switch until there's Smash. Um, but, like, I don't know. For me, that felt like I can imagine a person like that, but I don't know that I knew anyone like that. Uh, but this is evidence that, yeah, nope, maybe a quarter of all Switch owners are, in fact, like that. And it also shows Nintendo must have been disappointed that the game wasn't able to be released until early December. Yeah. Because think of it had come out in, like, October or September. That's just so much more selling yeah. time in their fiscal year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Furukara may have hinted about the gameplay of Pokemon Sword and Shield. He said... Quote, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee are designed to highlight the fun of Nintendo Switch in TV mode. For example, by waving the controller at the TV screen to capture Pokemon. Pokemon Sword and Pokemon Shield are being developed to emphasize the fun of playing Nintendo Switch in handheld mode. We want these games to be played not only by longtime Pokemon fans, but also by consumers whose first encounter with the series was on a dedicated video game platform with Pokemon Let's Go. Uh, okay, so uh, basically to, to break this down, he was saying that Let's Go um, was designed free-to-play on your TV. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why there's all the motion control stuff, uh, why you can play with, like, the little ball uh, and all that, and that Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, are, are not that. Which kind of makes sense, because Pokemon Sword and Shield are more traditional Pokemon experiences, yes. which previously have been on handheld. And so, you know, uh, battling with people when you're just like the loki- local multiplayer aspect of Pokemon mm-hmm. requires a uh, handheld experience. Yeah. And so it makes sense to me that they're emphasizing that in the more traditional version. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we'll actually get to a, a note about the 3DS um, later in, in, in the news here. Um, but I do think it's interesting that 2019 is sort of the year that the Switch is the 3DS. Um, we just got a Box Boy game. We've got a mainline Pokemon game coming out, Fire Emblem, um, and uh, Animal Crossing that are all due out this year. Well, and not just that, but you know there have been reports from Nikkei and the Wall Street Journal, and now just one from Bloomberg saying that a more like portable child-friendly version of the Switch is coming, and according to Bloomberg, it's coming before the end of June. Uh, right, so. but it is also not supposed to be uh, shown off at E3, is, an, is something else uh, that Nintendo was saying. My, my, my point is, all of these software, uh, these are all like franchises that are, uh, are cornerstones of the 3DS market, um, and they are all appearing on uh, the Switch this year, um, whereas you know the last two years have been dominated by um, like a, a novelty Pokemon game, which, you know, a lot of those come to, to console, Smash, Zelda, and Mario, and that all makes sense as console experiences. And this is like finally the year that we're seeing the portable experiences really coming to Switch. Box Boy. Yeah, Box Boy. When talking about Labo, Furukawa shied away from giving specific sales numbers, but instead focused on the awards Labo has won and the drops in price quote, so that even more consumers can enjoy the series. Mm. 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 Poor Labo. I think Poor it's a, Labo. I, I, you know, like, uh, I think it's a brilliant idea. Yeah, and I think it is, uh, like, cool and has many interesting uh, applications. But, like, yeah, I can see where uh, he's got to spin it like, oh, yeah, we can drop the price so it can get in more consumers' hands, mm-hmm. uh, which really just means we couldn't sell it at the price that we had originally marketed it at. 
Furukawa reminded investors of the first party releases for the remainder of the year, broken down by release period. So in spring, he called out Nintendo Labo VR and Super Mario Maker 2. Mm-hmm. In summer, Fire Emblem Three Houses, Astral Chain, or excuse me, Fire Emblem Three Houses and Astral Chain. Yes. And we also got confirmation that the Avengers game is coming out in July. Uh, so that also falls in the Avengers the game or the uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Of, I, of course, meant Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. There we go. Uh, the Black Order. In winter, Pokemon Sword and Shield. And sometime in 2019, the, Luigi's Mansion 3 is coming. Animal Crossing is coming. With, they included on the slide the, with the subtitle, latest in the series. <laughs> and uh, Link's Awakening is also due for 2019 he also mentioned that there are games that have yet to be announced mm-hmm. that are coming this year yeah uh, and um is there anything uh missing from this list um i i noticed that the the town or just town um which is that uh game freak the rpg, game freak RPG mm-hmm. that takes place all in one village um and bayonetta 3 are were not uh included in there um but a little note about bayonetta's release date if you go to nintendo's website uh, it is no longer listed, um, uh, the, the release window, no longer listed as 2019. It now just says TBD. I didn't realize it was ever listed for 2019. It was for a little while. Um, and uh, they, I mean, no announcement about it or any statement that it's been delayed, but it just now reads as TBD. Furukawa also stressed continuing support for games like Super Smash Bros. Ultimate and Mario Tennis Aces. Very good. Keep supporting that stuff. Uh, he also brought up a good variety of third-party software coming to the platform. Quote, these will range from evergreen titles for video game fans to titles that can be enjoyed by anyone, regardless of age or gender. Char- characteristic titles created by indie developers, a variety of genre-specific games, and more. So Lots he, of words to say, not very much. Uh, but notably not saying all of the newest and most high-tech. Like, the, he is conveniently leaving out that, like, uh, most AAA third-party games are not coming to Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, although I guess Mortal Kombat is there, so I don't What more do you want? What more do I want? Uh, the number of dev kits sent to game makers has outpaced all previous Nintendo platforms at this point. Which is exciting. People got to get on that uh, Switch Gold. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the mobile game business is still going strong with revenues increasing over the previous year. Still a tiny fraction of Nintendo's overall revenue. Mm-hmm. But uh, with Dr. Mario World coming early summer 2019 and Mario Kart Tour coming later in the summer, Nintendo will have a total of six mobile games on the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Mario Kart Tour, if you have an Android phone, you can sign up for a closed beta test by going to MarioKartTour.com. The beta begins May 21st. But uh, you and me, with our iPhones, yeah, we can't do it. Left out in the cold. Look, if that means that we get to play a beta of Super Mario, Super Doctor Mario World at some point, I, I, I don't think that's what. It, I don't think on. they're. I don't think they're going to try to. It's a one be for like one equity. trade. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess uh, Super Mario Run came first to Apple platforms. So yeah. All right. Fair is fair. Uh, Nintendo is continuing to implement a variety of initiatives to expand the reach of Nintendo IP. Furukawa cited a recent partnership with Uniqlo to sell t-shirts as an example. Uh, by matter of coincidence, I am wearing a Uniqlo Nintendo t-shirt right now. Uh, it's got little booze on the, on the pocket. It's very cool. You, you can say cute. That's I fine. mean, it's both. It's both. <laughs> Thank it's you. It's both. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one thing that wasn't part of the Nintendo investors brief- briefing was the 3DS. Yes. In last year's presentation, uh, Nintendo mentioned that they would continue the 3DS business 
and that was on the heels of announcing first-party games like Luigi's Mansion and WarioWare Gold. Yeah, so, uh, I, I mean, first of all, that that's interesting that uh, even then was sort of a, like, half-commitment of continuing the 3DS business doesn't mean that they've, like, aggressively got plans for whatever, um, and especially when uh, Luigi's Mansion is a remake of a GameCube game, and well, WarioWare Gold is amazing. It is essentially a, a compilation of a bunch of WarioWare games and uh, like not a brand new title, really. Kotaku reached out to Nintendo for comment on the 3DS's omission and got the following comment, quote, We have nothing new to announce regarding first-party software for the Nintendo 3DS family of systems. We can confirm that new software is coming from third-party publishers. Ooh, so it's dead, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, we know Persona Q2 is coming pretty soon, mm-hmm. um, and that's, that's all it. I that's... can think of. Yeah. Are there others? Not that I know of. But, uh, yeah. And all the Nintendo ones have been released, right? Like Kirby's Epic, yeah. Epic Yarn was yeah. like the last one. Yeah, there are no un- there are no unreleased, uh, announced Nintendo 3D, Nintendo, Nintendo 3DS games. I mean, I think... It makes sense then for them to move aggressively to like position a version of the Switch as that yeah. portable device. I mean, you know, like I like I said, it's it's already happening with the software. We're seeing the 3DS library show up on Switch instead of on 3DS. Uh, an interesting side note: as part of the updates that allowed for VR functionality, both Super Mario Odyssey and Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild have been seeing reduced load times. Have you seen this? Yeah. Uh, really neat. Um, there, there was a, I saw a video on, uh, Game Explain where they, uh, showed, uh, they, like, ran the two versions of the games, uh, next to each other before and after the update, and Mario's load time, Mario Odyssey's load times are, like, 20 to 30% faster, depending on what you're doing, um, and some of the load times in Breath of the Wild have been cut in half, um, especially, like, when teleporting around the map or even just loading into the game. Uh, so that's, super cool yeah my understanding of what they did is basically during loading screens on those games they're allowing the cpu to run at a higher clock speed than Mm -hmm. they normally do so they call it like boost mode so when it's loading they allow the cpu to go into boost mode which means it can process faster and then as soon as the loading is finished it goes back to the regular clock speed so it's an interesting way to like it allows them to improve the experience without uh, yeah, like with, burning through battery. Yeah, without taxing the system for too long. Well, and especially like if you're, uh, if it's working harder for those uh, seconds that it's loading, it's like cutting down on the amount of time that it's doing that. So yeah, that makes it. That seems like a good trade off for battery purposes. So we knew Super Mario Maker Two was coming this June, but last week Nintendo announced a specific release date, June twenty eighth. Um, so they're calling that spring. I. Uh, I mean, just that, that. That's true. I guess it's the uh, the the very early summer. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. I just thought that was. We can, we you can just keep, want. Yeah. No. 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 I, just I, want to point I think. Out. I think that's fair. Yeah. The Nintendo saying the game's coming out in spring, and then they're like, uh, also, it's June twenty eighth. Yeah. Get the SEC on them. Yeah. I will. <laughs> that was an investor call. They <laughs> lied. Um, in Europe and Japan, they have announced a interesting pre-order bonus, a stylus. Yeah. That you can use, um, I, I guess with more precision on the Switch's screen than just dragging your finger around. The U.S., they didn't even bother. They're like, those animals, they're yeah. just going to like 
pound on the switch screen like a monkey's anyway. Look, so why gonna give pull, them the tools? They're just gonna pull out sharpies <laughs> and just draw whatever on their switch screen. Uh, the stylus is available with a digital pre-order. Also available uh, in the Super Mario Maker 2 Limited Edition bundle, which includes, with the game and the stylus, a 12-month subscription to Nintendo Switch Online. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And none of that has been announced for North America yet. Nope. North Americans cannot have it. Have, have you seen the stylus? It's got like a little uh, Mario it's in cute. his building thing on it. Building hat, I guess, and overalls and whatnot. Uh, if... If this becomes available here, uh, I'm going to get it because I want that stylus. It seems like it would be a perfect Best Buy pre-order bonus. Totally. They do those all the time. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, uh, with Super Mario Odyssey, I pre-ordered from Best Buy and I got a weird little gold coin with it. Yeah. And so the stylus will look adorable next to that weird little gold coin. Oh my gosh. Do I even know where the gold <laughs> coin is? I can bet $5. You don't. Uh, I'll take that bet. Okay. I, I, I think I can narrow it down to a space of like one one cubic foot. Oh, that's pretty the, good. I thought you were going to say like one room. And it was no. going to be like that. <laughs> that there does not impress me. Two rooms in my apartment. <laughs> no, I think it's with the Amiibo. Mm. Uh, Mario Tennis Aces special demo is currently available on the Switch eShop until this Friday, May 3rd. The demo allows access to a bunch of different game modes. And you can even unlock Mario's classic overalls by com- uh, completing or competing. W- completing I did that like three times. That's I, uh, well, I, I, I wrote it. I wrote it poorly. Completing, <laughs> uh, completing one match in an online tournament this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, also, anyone who downloads the demo gets an email with a code to activate seven days of Nintendo Switch Online. Um, it's okay. This is where we run into questions. Uh, I don't know. Normally, uh, if you buy more Nintendo Switch Online or have a promotional code to get more Nintendo Switch Online, that stacks. Um, so I wanted to try, like, it will stack on your current um, subscription. Uh, thank you. Um, and so I wanted to download the demo to see if I could do it. Uh, but it knows that I already have the full game. So it wouldn't let me download the demo. <laughs> demo is for demo fans only. That's right. Demo is not for full game fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so if you haven't already purchased or played Mario Tennis Aces and you do want to give it a shot, uh, you can't beat free. Um, and, you know, frankly, if you have uh, one like solid evening to sink into it, you'll have a really solid idea of whether you want to uh, continue with this game or if it's not for you. And finally, uh, you know how in Mario 64, Bowser, or when Mario fights Bowser, he grabs him by the tail, um, spins him around, and tosses him into the explosive like spiky balls Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, i do know this yes (laughs) well on the last big throw mario says something that his uh is just completely unintelligible Mm -hmm. and it's a mystery that just been driving just confounding people Mm -hmm. for years and this week on twitter voice at mario voice actor charles martinet confirmed that the phrase mario says is so long Kinga Bowser. No, this is Kinga. Uh-huh. And he wrote it out. K-I-N-G-A. Kinga Bowser. Uh-huh. Are you saying that it should actually be written so long King Bowser, but because Mario has a thick Italian accent, he says it as Kinga? I don't know. And also, if that is what it is, I would almost assume that the A would be a part of Bowser. Right. Kinga Bowser. Right. 
No, that's what you did. So long, King of Bowser. Is that an impression I can do? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but I, I, I'm confused because you said that the A would be part of the Bowser. Right, so I'm saying King of Bowser. Oh, of course. You're not saying not that King it would be. Bowser. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark, let's get out of the news. Okay, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge, a society. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you like this episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter. All of that helps us a lot. Yeah, do you know what? We are on the Apple Podcast Store in the U.S. Yes. We're at 72 reviews last I checked. Whoa. How cool would it be to get to 100 by the time E3 comes around? Uh, that would be great. Let's show those E3. Oh, is this news? We're going to E3. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Mark and I will both be walking around the E3 show floor, uh, you know, doing finger guns at people and being like, hey, what's up? Let us play your game. And we'll walk into whatever Nintendo's booth is and wait in a line. I'm looking forward to it, Mark. It's what we do best. Uh, but yeah, let's get to 100 reviews before then. That's a good goal. Um, so review us on uh, Apple Podcasts in the States. Or wherever you get it. Or wherever you get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they help us wherever you are yes, reviewing exactly. the show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. You can check out the Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by Ape Betty. You can get more of his music by going to apebetty.com or by listening right now. From my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. <laughs>